him like that. I love that. Oh my goodness. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Today is Sunday, March 18th, and I am so very excited to be doing a podcast today. I just got back from spring break. I have a ton of wonderful stories for anybody who wants to hear them. I just got a Pullman, and I did turn 21 on Friday. So, uh, you know, it's good. It's good. Uh, the best thing I heard over winter break was this, or spring break, I guess. The best thing I heard over spring break was somebody that works with my dad. I believe his name is Joe. He listened to the show, and he said, what I like about your son's show is it makes me want to argue with him. And I, I love that. Again, if you're watching my show to find someone to agree with, you are listening to this podcast for the wrong reason. I'm so excited. Uh, I try to be authentic and interesting, hopefully... Uh, I challenge the way you think. Hopefully, I make you think and I make your brain go. That's my goal. I love it. I love that people completely disagree with me, yet they still listen to this podcast. I want to start with this. I go to school at Washington State University. I live in Portland, Oregon. My home is Portland, but I live in Pullman. It's about, it is exactly 351 miles, uh, a five hour and 35 minute drive to get from my home to my college. And I drive a 1995 Toyota Corolla. Now, on Friday, before I left home to come back to college, my axle broke, which meant I had to replace the CV joints on my car. It's not fully fixed. I think there's something wrong with the final drive. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. But I tell you all this to explain and tell you something about reliability. Reliability matters. I have to drive to Bozeman, Montana at the end of April. I'm going to go to a brewery, film some interviews, a bunch of B-roll. It's interesting, but it's a long drive. It's about a seven-hour drive, and I'm very nervous. I'm nervous that my car will break down. Now, if I had the money to pay for a new car, I would get a new car. I would get a more reliable car. I would pay a lot of money to get a more reliable car. So last week, the Minnesota Vikings signed Kirk Cousins to a three-year deal worth $84 million, fully guaranteed, groundbreaking. We've never seen that before. And now last week, I put out a video talking about why Kirk Cousins did not earn a big contract. Looking back, this was incredibly stupid. I'm a different person about a week later. I've, I've learned the, I've had an experience with the word reliability, and I know how important having something reliable is to have. It's, it's a huge deal. I was wrong. I was silly to say that. I was silly to say Kirk Cousins didn't deserve that. So what are the Vikings paying Kirk Cousins for? Why are they paying so much money? The Vikings are paying for consistency. The Vikings saw last year that if they get good, above average quarterback play, they are a game away from the Super Bowl. Now, they had Case Keenum, and Case Keenum's not bad. But Case Keenum is like my 1995 Toyota Corolla. I love my car. It was my brother's car. I got it when he died. I've been through a ton with that car. Me and that car have a lot of memories together. But when I drive to Montana later this month, when I drive seven hours to Mont Bozeman, Montana, 
if I had the choice between my night between my 1995 Toyota Corolla and a more reliable car, I would take the more reliable car. A Super Bowl run, an NFL season is similar to that drive. You're gearing up for the long haul. Now, the Vikings have a ton of good memories with Case Keenum. One good year, but that's about it. Like, look at Case Keenum. Think about it. We had years in Houston, we don't remember. Case Keenum wasn't great with the Rams. So he has one outlier year, Case Keenum does. That's awesome. But maybe, maybe Case Keenum is a one-hit wonder. See, the Vikings had an opportunity to get a more reliable car, and they took it. And I think that's incredibly smart. If I had the opportunity, I'm stuck with my car. I can't get a better car than my 1995 Corolla. But if I could for my trip to Montana, I would. I would if I could. Here's something undeniable about Kirk Cousins. In 2015, Kirk Cousins had 29 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 4,166 yards, and had a 69.8 completion percentage. That's 2015. Then in 2016, 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 4,917 yards, a 67% completion percentage. And then again last year in 2017, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 4,093 yards, and 64.3 completion percentage. What's the key there? It's consistency. He may not be consistently a top five quarterback, but he consistently gives you above average quarterback play. And the Vikings learned if we get above average quarterback play with our roster, we are in the hunt for a Super Bowl. So when you compare Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins, one gives you reliability and one may or may not be a one hit wonder. Case Keenum had a great year, but until he proves he can do it year in, year out. eh. So does does Kirk Cousins make too much money? That's fair enough. But the Vikings don't care. The Vikings are paying a premium to get consistency. Love Kirk Cousins or not, whether you believe in Kirk Cousins, when he played for the Redskins, year in and year out, he gave you above average quarterback play. Not a top five quarterback, not by any means, but above average, about the same stats every single year. The Vikings are paying for consistency. Notice again, I said the Vikings need above average quarterback play. I didn't say amazing. But the Vikings are paying Kirk Cousins to do what he has done the last three seasons. I really like Kirk Cousins' new contract. I love it. It's fantastic. You like that? You like that? I love that. I had car trouble. It set me back a day. But I have a special, special podcast for you guys right now. I I found the benefit of doing strong opinion sports is it allows me to turn the bad moments, the the really crappy moments in my life. I I can look at them and say, you know what? This may suck right now, but it will be a good story for my podcast. Like when my axle broke, I was disappointed. I didn't want to deal with that. But guess what? Look at what it turned into. It turned into a great story for the podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the Jets trade. The Jets trade uh they moved up to the third overall pick and this will have a huge huge impact on the draft we'll talk about that we're going to revisit Richard Sherman's contract I finally figured out what Baker Mayfield is that'll be fun it's very creative and fun do you trust Bill Belichick we'll talk about all of that and more on today's show I'm very excited it's a fantastic podcast I know it's it's a little bit later than I wanted 
but good things come to those who wait. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast as much as I do, help me grow by telling your friends about this show. Hey, that rhymed. Didn't mean for that, but I liked it. We have a wild week of football to talk about. Last week was crazy. I didn't do a show. I was on spring break, but man, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. The biggest story of the week is that the Jets traded with the Colts to move up to the number three overall pick in this year's NFL draft. I love it. It's fantastic. The Jets, the Jets are going for it, man. It's fantastic. The Jets realize they need a franchise quarterback and they are doing everything they can to make it happen. I really, really hope the Browns and the Giants are taking notes. I hope the Browns and the Giants learn from what the Jets are doing because they are doing it right. I, I, I pretty much everybody in the media agrees that is the right move for the Jets to make. Now this trade, the Jets moving up to the number three overall pick has a huge impact on every other team in the top 10 of this year's NFL draft. Everybody in the top 10 just got really excited because either, well, how about this? Everybody in the top 10 is either panicking or very excited. If you're looking to pick a quarterback, you're now panicking. If you were not looking for a quarterback, you got really excited because you're more likely to get the guy that you want. The first three players in this year's NFL draft will be quarterbacks. If it's not, I will be shocked. I, I would bet a steak dinner. I can almost guarantee number one, number two, and the number three overall pick will be quarterbacks. It could be the first four or five picks could all be quarterbacks. That would not shock me. In fact, I, I'm so bullish and I believe this so strongly. I have done it in my own mock draft. Here's my new top five. These will be the first five picks of this year's NFL draft. Number one, I'm predicting that the, Bron the Browns will draft Sam Darnold with the number one overall pick. The Browns will pick a quarterback, Sam Darnold, with the number one overall pick. Then the number two overall pick, I'm predicting that the Giants will pick Josh Rosen, the quarterback from UCLA. With a third overall pick, the Jets will pick Baker Mayfield. The number four overall pick, the Browns, Hey, everybody's, everybody's going to be super happy. The Browns are going to draft Saquon Barkley. And with the number five overall pick, this is the one I am the least confident in, but I think it's what could happen. I believe the Broncos will draft Josh Allen. I'll get there in a minute. We're going to come all the way around. We're going to discuss all five of these picks, why I believe they are the way they are. But first, I want to start with this. The Jets moving up in the draft puts tremendous pressure on both the Browns and the Giants. See, the Browns have wanted to, and you've heard the narrative that the Browns want to pick Saquon Barkley with the number one overall pick. They want to pick Saquon Barkley one, wait to see who the Giants select, and then pick whatever quarterback is left. Now they can't do that because whatever guy you want is far less likely to be there at number four. What if you want Baker Mayfield and then the the Jets take him. What if you want Sam Darnold and then the Jets take him? You can't do that now. Now, the Browns have to pick a quarterback with the number one overall pick. The Browns will pick Darnold with the first pick and Saquon Barkley with the fourth. I strongly believe, for two reasons, I strongly believe the Giants are picking a quarterback 
with the number two overall pick. First off, I have never bought the narrative that the Giants were not going to pick a quarterback. It's stupid. Think about it. Think about this for a minute. If the Giants were still unsure what they were doing, what narrative would they want out? They have a 37-year-old quarterback, Eli Manning, on their roster. If they're not going to pick a quarterback, you don't want the narrative out there that they're looking at quarterbacks for no reason. Because what if you pick Saquon Barkley and then you made Eli Manning angry for no good reason at all? So, of course, the Giants came out and said, we're not even looking at a quarterback because you have Eli Manning. You don't want to make Eli Manning angry for no reason. Now, the Giants need a quarterback. They should draft a quarterback with the number two overall pick. Why? Uh, Because the Giants have been picking quarterbacks later in the NFL draft for years. Remember Ryan Nassib? Remember Davis Webb? Davis Webb's terrible. You know how I know that? The Giants went 3-13 and last year. If they were any good, they would have played him. Yet, they played Eli Manning all year. Giants went 3-13. and And Eli Manning, again, by the way, he is 37 years old. It is time for a new quarterback for the New York Giants. But are you telling me that? You're really telling me that the Jets, who just moved up to the number three overall pick, to pick a quarterback... The Jets are about to pick a quarterback, and the Giants are going to sit there idly by and do nothing. They're going to just sit around and watch. The Giants are going to just going to sit at home, twiddling their thumbs, and watch as the New York Jets, their crosstown rival, pick a franchise quarterback. No! No, the Jets getting a quarterback forces the Giants' hand and makes it so. If they were even considering drafting Saquon Barkley, now they can't. They can't let the Crosstown rival get a franchise quarterback. Well, they have nothing. They have one year left of Eli Manning, and that's it. Now, an interesting wrinkle to the whole equation is that the New York Jets just signed their starting quarterback from last year, Josh McCown, to a one-year deal worth $10 million. They also went out and signed the former Vikings quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, to a one-year deal. People were confused why they would do this, and then go out and move up to the number three overall pick. Look, if you thought Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback of the future for the Jets, I'm sorry, I don't know I don't know what planet you're living on, but Teddy Bridgewater is not the quarterback of the future for the Jets. And Josh McCown, I love him. Josh McCown will probably start day one next year of the NFL season. Josh McCown is a coach. For all intensive purposes, Josh McCown is there to coach and teach the rookie quarterback how to be a professional. Josh McCown is a coach. Teddy Bridgewater, therefore, is insurance. That's all it is. It was, it was a great move. It was a great move to sign the two older quarterbacks, and it was a great move for the Jets to move up to the number three overall pick. It's fantastic. I would bet the number three overall pick by the Jets will be Baker Mayfield. Now, having other quarterbacks takes the pressure off of Baker Mayfield day one. When Baker Mayfield arrives in New York, because he doesn't need to be the day one starter, he can take his time. He can, I, I don't know that Baker Mayfield will like that. I think he's really competitive, and he might start sooner than we think in New York. But it's good for him because if he's not ready, they have other guy, the Jets have other people they can play to keep them competitive. Now, everybody's going to be happy in Cleveland because the Cleveland Browns are going to select Saquon Barkley with the number four overall pick. It's perfect. It works out great. You get your quarterback. 
you get your fantastic running back. It's the dream scenario for the Browns. That is the one thing that the Browns uh, have been helped by the Jets move is now they have to pick a quarterback. And because the Giants and the Jets both need quarterbacks, it is now more likely, I believe, that the the Browns could pick Saquon Barkley with the fourth overall pick. Before we all assumed the Colts were going to do that, seems like the Colts have conceded we're not going to get Saquon Barkley, which does, is kind of concerning. If the Colts don't care about Saquon Barkley, why should the Browns be so excited? I don't know. I still like Minka Fitzpatrick a lot. But hey, I'm not, I'm not going to fight it. The Browns are probably going to pick Saquon Barkley with the number four overall pick, and, and I'm okay with that. I'm not going to fight it. Darnold at one, Barkley at four. That's a great draft. Now, here is the most interesting aspect of this draft right now is what in the world will the Denver Broncos do with their number five overall pick? The Broncos just signed Case Keenum to a two-year deal worth $36 million. So maybe, maybe Case Keenum is the long-term plan for the Broncos. However, if he was the long-term plan, if they really did believe in him, why did they only sign him to a two-year deal? No, I, I'm pretty sure if I had, if I had to bet one way or the other, if you had a gun to my head, I had to make a decision. I would say the Broncos probably will pick a quarterback with the fifth overall pick. They're probably going to pick Josh Allen. I have a buddy who lives in Wyoming. He talks about Josh Allen like Josh Allen is a superhero. Of course, Josh Allen went to the University of Wyoming. In Wyoming, the dude is a folk hero. He, they have him like he's everywhere. He Again, he's like Captain America or Superman in Wyoming. And you got to remember, everybody in Wyoming is a Denver Broncos fan. And that whole region, similar to the way they've rallied around Josh Allen, they're all Broncos fans. It's a real thing that the Broncos nation does really like Josh Allen. They watched him play a lot on TV because of where they are. It's very possible that Josh Allen ends up in Denver. Now, again, Josh Allen with the fifth overall pick going to the Broncos. The Broncos picking a quarterback at all. That is the one pick of the four of the five I selected. That is the one I'm the least confident in because it's very possible. The Broncos are committed to Case Keenum. I mean, they gave him $36 million. That's not a small contract. $18 million a year. Maybe the Broncos are extremely committed to Case Keenum. And in that case, it would make sense to use the fifth overall pick to get a playmaker, to get someone who can help you make a run at a Super Bowl. However, if Case Keenum was the guy who could do it with a good roster, could he, you not make an argument he would have done it last year? I, I'm, I'm extremely up in the air. I think it's very possible and, and, some, and likely. I believe it's likely the Broncos pick a quarterback with the fifth overall pick, and that quarterback will either be Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen. By the way, I like Case Keenum. I hope you know that. Good dude. I think he's improving. He's getting better every year. I just don't know if the Broncos are committed to him or not. <sighs> this will be fun. This is going to be really fun. You guys are going to like this segment a lot. I'm going to drink a... So this is Bright Cider, Hard Apple Cider. It's like my, it's my drink. I brought it home. My dad gave me some on my 21st birthday. I brought it home. And my, Nathan, I live with Nathan and his family, and they were like, oh, wow, and one day you already discovered what your favorite drink was, huh? And I'm like, yeah, you know, just one day, that's all it took. Um, I want to revisit Richard Sherman's contract with the 49ers. I want to revisit Richard Sherman's contract with 
the 49ers. The narrative out there is that he rushed and made an extremely emotional decision when he signed with the 49ers. See, the narrative is that Richard Sherman signed a bad contract that is extremely friendly to the 49ers. And again, he made an emotional decision and he made a rushed decision. Again, Richard Sherman cut on Friday by the Seahawks and by Sunday, he was a member of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I want to offer a counter argument to everyone who believes he made an emotional decision and he made a bad decision. I once got a job in Los Angeles working on a movie. It was awesome, really cool, learned a ton. But what happened, the way I got that job was I got a call on Wednesday during my lunch break. Call said, hey, can you be here by Friday? I was like, yeah, of course. I quit my job on the spot. I did finish my work day, but I quit my job. Right after work ended, I went home, packed up my car, and drove 18 hours from Portland down to Los Angeles. Right on the spot. I knew immediately, of course, I'm taking this opportunity. Was it an emotional decision? Of course. Of course it was. I was pumped. But look, it was simply too good of an offer to pass up. Yes, I called my dad. I said, hey, dad, what do you think? And he said, go for it. You got to take it. I knew right away, yes, I will take that offer. Got to do it. Richard Sherman signed a three-year deal worth up to $39.15 million. It's a deal that is incredibly friendly to 49ers. There's not much money guaranteed, and any additional money is all laid out through incentives. It's not $39 million guaranteed. It's up to, it's a possibility for $39 million. His base salary, Richard Sherman's base salary is $3 million plus $2 million if he passes a physical on the first day of training camp, plus another million if he makes a Pro Bowl, plus another $2 million if he's an all-pro. See, Richard Sherman is betting on himself, and I love it. It's fantastic. The more incentives Richard Sherman reaches, the more money he makes. How much money he makes is directly correlated with Richard Sherman's performance. I think it's awesome. Again, he's betting on himself and there's no more honorable way to make money than betting on your own performance. It's, it's look, I do well, I make money. That's how YouTube works, I believe. I like that. Now, maybe Richard Sherman took less guaranteed than he could have other places. But with the 49ers, Richard Sherman has the possibility to make far more than anybody else would have offered him. While Richard Sherman was negotiating with the San Francisco 49ers, Richard Sherman called the Seattle Seahawks. He called the Lions. He said, hey, does anybody want to counter this argument? The Lions, the Seahawks, they did not want to match the offer that the 49ers gave Richard Sherman. That's a factor. But here is the big reason. Here is the main reason. This is why Richard Sherman signed so quickly with the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers are going to win. The San Francisco 49ers are building something in the Bay Area. Yeah, maybe Richard Sherman could have gotten more money somewhere else. 
But I don't think Richard Sherman cares about that. I really don't. Richard Sherman is not about the money. He's a veteran. He's made money. When you're already a millionaire, what's an extra $2 million? I, I don't know. Richard Sherman wants to win. Have you ever heard the saying, you know, mattresses only get so soft and steak, steaks only get so thick. Once you're at the top, what's a little bit more? Richard Sherman wants to win. I believe Richard Sherman was offered something by the 49ers that he could not refuse. Richard Sherman was not only offered the chance to win. The 49ers offered Richard Sherman the opportunity to play the Seattle Seahawks. Not once, but twice. Every single year. Look, the money may not be guaranteed, but if Richard Sherman meets all of his incentives, he has the opportunity to make more money with the San Francisco 49ers than anywhere else he could have played. Look, maybe Richard Sherman did rush it. Maybe he made a terrible decision. But I do believe that is less likely than people think. I do. Richard Sherman, I think, honestly had every option on the table. He knew he knew what his options were. He knew he could have chased more money with a bad team. I don't know, the Cardinals or the Browns. I don't know. But I believe Richard Sherman got exactly what he wanted. He wanted an opportunity to win, and he wanted an opportunity to make a lot of money. He actually got both. He got exactly what he wanted in his deal with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, another wrinkle to the Richard Sherman contract is that Richard Sherman did not use an agent. And for this, Richard Sherman got a ton of pushback. By the way, lesson for life, people do not like when you challenge the way that they do things. I'm in college and I hate my college classes. It's extremely frustrating why I, a media production major who wants to make money having his own company making videos, it's frustrating I have to take classes like guitar and biology. How is biology helping me edit videos? I have no idea. But uh, I may hate my classes, but I stopped telling people I think school is pointless. Even if I'm right, I may be dead right. But when I tell people I don't think college is actually helping me, it attacks the way my friends do their lives. Everybody I know is either working for a school or in college. When I tell people I don't like college, I'm attacking the way they live life. When I say I think school is dumb, it just pisses people off. It attacks their way of doing things. Richard Sherman not using an agent is the same exact thing. Every professional athlete uses an agent. So when Richard Sherman doesn't use an agent, when I say bad things about college, it makes people think, Psh, do you think you're smarter than me? You think you know better than I do. Of course people got mad when Richard Sherman made what looked like a bad contract and didn't use an agent. You notice people, uh, you notice that agents were mad? Of course agents are mad. Agents don't want to lose their business. So if there, of course an agent is going to criticize any deal Richard Sherman makes without an agent because 
that's their job security. That's their livelihood. To be honest, I think Richard Sherman got exactly what he wanted from the 49ers deal. You may not like it, but he got an opportunity to win. And he has the opportunity, the chance, if he meets all his incentives, Richard Sherman has the chance to make a lot of money. I know I like that. I, I think that was a the counter perspective. Nobody's arguing what I just said. Everybody's trashing Richard Sherman for signing a big contract. And I'm, I'm sitting there last week. You know, I didn't, I didn't really listen to a lot of media. I, I was driving home, though, and I'm hearing multiple hosts just trashing Richard Sherman for his contract. And I'm like, what do, why don't we just... Does no one have the opposite side? Does no one think Richard Sherman could have possibly done the right thing? Just because you do something quick and just because you do something the way you don't like, the way that we don't normally do things. Richard Sherman's kind of a deviant person and you're not using an agent is definitely a deviant act. But just because Richard Sherman made a quick decision and just because he did something the way that is not traditional does not make him a bad person. When I immediately signed... When I immediately left for LA, I knew I was doing the right thing. It was an offer I wouldn't have gotten anywhere else. And not always is going against the grain a bad thing. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, I finally figured out what Baker Mayfield is. And do you trust Bill Belichick? All that and more coming up. I have a new segment I have never done before. Coming up ahead. I'm very excited. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. If you like this podcast as much as I do, tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help me grow this channel by telling your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. You know what's extremely upsetting to me? I took an entire week off. I slept for about an entire week. And yet somehow I am still incredibly sick. I've been to the doctor. I've done everything, dude. I can't hear very well because I'm so full of mucus. I don't know what to do. I'm so sick. It's, it's frustrating as all get out. I think I'm going to get my adenoids removed. It's like a, a gland that produces mucus. I'm going to get those removed this summer. Probably my tonsils as well. I can't hear much of anything. I don't know why I'm still sick. Drives me nuts. I've been taking great care of my body. And I, I, no matter what I do, man, I, I cannot get healthy. It is, it's killing me. All right. I have a question for you. Do you trust Bill Belichick? Because I'm reading all kinds of narratives about the New England Patriots. And most people seem to be in panic mode when it comes to the New England Patriots. I'm I'm reading things like, is this the end of the Patriots? What are the Patriots going to do when Tom Brady retires? Patriots players are disgruntled. They don't like the way Belichick is treating them. We see this time and time again. Everybody once again doubts the New England Patriots. However, this time is different. This round of questioning for Bill Belichick is different. Because Bill Belichick decided to bench Malcolm Butler in this year's Super Bowl. A Super Bowl they lost. 
where they didn't play one of their starting corners and they gave up a record amount of yards. Now, since then, Malcolm Butler has left the Patriots. He went and signed a big deal with the Tennessee Titans and many other New England Patriots have left. There's been articles. Patriots players are disgruntled. They don't like the the way the Patriots don't value them. Running back Deion Lewis left the Patriots. He went and signed with the Texans. Danny Amendola left the Patriots. He went and signed with the Dolphins. I was happy for him. He he wanted more money. Honestly, I don't understand that. Now, the biggest blow to the New England Patriots was that their left tackle, Nate Solder, left New England to sign a massive deal with the New York Giants. So must I ask you, I'm going to ask you again. Do you trust Bill Belichick? Because this is what Bill Belichick does. Bill Belichick decides a player is worth X amount of money. And he will not. Bill Belichick will not go above that amount of money. Bill Belichick will not pay a penny more than that amount he decided you are worth. No matter what. We've seen this year in and year out. And by the way, benching Malcolm Butler, while it might have been something Bill Belichick got wrong, it was not because Bill Belichick had a grudge. Malcolm Butler, the week leading into the Super Bowl, was sick. He was in the hospital quite a bit. He was late getting to the game plan. This is his own admission. I believe Bill Belichick did what he thought was right. It might have been a mistake, but Bill Belichick did what he thought was best for his football team. Bill Belichick has let tons of free agents walk. He let Martellus Bennett leave. He let Wes Welker leave. He's now let Danny Amendola leave. The Patriots, Bill Belichick released Vince Wilfork. The same defensive lineman Bill Belichick said was the best defensive lineman he had ever coached. And I believe he coached James Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, James Taylor. One of the big Taylor dudes from the Giants. I can't remember his name right now. The point is, Bill Belichick has his own way of doing things. Five Super Bowls. Eight Super Bowl appearances. I'm going to trust that guy. I'm going to trust the coach who's had a ton of success. Is this the end of the Patriots? You tell me. I know this. I will be the last person on the face of the planet to jump ship on the New England Patriots. Because in my lifetime, in my short 21 years on this planet Earth, there have been two forces in sports that have completely defied all logic. LeBron James and the New England Patriots. Because conventional wisdom says 15 years into your NBA career, you cannot be the best player in the world. Well, uh, LeBron is. And conventional wisdom says Tom Brady, at 40 years old, cannot be NFL MVP, and yet he was. And conventional wisdom says the Patriots dynasty 
should not have been able to last as long as it has, and yet it has. You want to doubt Tom Brady? You want to doubt Bill Belichick? Go ahead. Everybody else can jump ship. I will not. I'm never going to doubt those two. I'm going to be the last person hanging on to a ship that's halfway underwater. I will. I'm not going to jump ship on the Patriots because time and time again, those guys come right back. They always seem to have another trick up their sleeve. They always adjust. So do you trust Bill Belichick? Because I do. That's what this comes down to. Do you believe in Bill Belichick's philosophy about trading players and about the way he values players? I trust Bill Belichick. Do you? This is going to be fun. I'm going to to get a drink first. It's good stuff. A rarity. I'm not going to drink on the podcast probably ever again. I'm not a big drinker, but I figured, you know what? I turned 21 two days ago. I might as well do it once. I might as well do it one time. Screw it. You know, Colin Coward, he would never drink on the pot on the show, but I'm not Colin Coward. I'm 21. I'm a dumb kid. You do whatever I want. I finally figured out what Baker Mayfield is. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is gel deodorant. <laughs> I use gel deodorant. Now, some people hate that. Some people think gel deodorant is the worst, most disgusting thing in the entire world, and they can't imagine using gel deodorant. And other people like me say, huh, gel deodorant, that's exactly what I need. Baker Mayfield is gel deodorant. What I love about Baker Mayfield is he makes you, he forces you to pick a side. You either love Baker Mayfield or you hate Baker Mayfield. I love him. I love his tape. I love his attitude. I love his leadership ability. All of it. I think Baker Mayfield is a stud. I like him. I believe in him as an NFL quarterback. But you might not. Baker Mayfield is one of those things that you either love or you hate. There's really no in-between. You either hate him or you think you need him. Now, there is a police video of Baker Mayfield out there. There is a video of Baker Mayfield drunk who tries to run from the cops and is tackled really hard into a wall. No doubt, this was a huge mistake for Baker Mayfield. I made a mistake the other day. My buddy's mom wanted to me to make dinner. Uh, no, my buddy's mom wanted to make me, she wanted to make me a special dinner for my birthday. She wanted to make ham. And I was hanging out at their house. She said, hey, I'm at work. Could you preheat the oven for me? Sure, no problem. I'll preheat the oven before she gets home from work. Of course. That's a super easy task. I can do that. So I preheated the oven. Now, I forgot to put the ham in the oven. We had a miscommunication. You know, I, it was kind of a no-brainer. You would think, hey, Zach, if you're going to turn on the oven, you probably want to put the stuff in the oven, right? I didn't understand. I didn't realize. What ended up happening was we had mashed potatoes and pizza as my birthday dinner. <laughs> I don't know. It was a mistake. Of course it was a mistake. And it was a mistake I learned. Nobody wants mashed potatoes and pizza together. It was a mistake I learned from. And it was a mistake I will never, ever make again. You know, if you're going to preheat an oven, you probably should put the stuff in the oven as well. 
Baker Mayfield will never again put himself into a situation where he's running from the cops. I, I just don't believe he's that dumb. Baker Mayfield will never be in a situation like that ever again. Baker Mayfield running from the cops, being in trouble off the field, that's not a concern I have for Baker Mayfield. I think he learned his lesson. Look, Baker Mayfield's extremely controversial. You either love the guy or you hate the guy. Kind of like gel deodorant. I'm all in on Baker Mayfield. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I believe Baker Mayfield is a fantastic player in the NFL. I think he's a stud. You, you either believe in him or you don't. I like Baker Mayfield. I believe in Baker Mayfield. Do you guys know the story of the tortoise and the hare? It's basically a rabbit and a turtle are racing. Now the rabbit gets complacent. And literally while the rabbit is sleeping, the turtle passes the rabbit and wins the race. The rabbit had success. He got complacent and he lost his lead. That, that is the story of the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers had all the advantages. They dominated the NFC North. They had Aaron Rodgers, maybe the most talented, maybe the best quarterback in NFL history. Not just in the league. He might be the best quarterback ever to play the position. And right under the Packers' nose, right as they were sleeping, the Vikings came in, built a great team, and took away the Packers' lead. And now the Vikings will dominate the NFC North for years to come. For years. The Packers' reign is over. It's over. It's done. The Packers are done. The Vikings have. The Vikings now have Kirk Cousins and a top four roster in the entire NFL. What do the Packers have? The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. Packers have a bunch of snow and a bunch of banners for 2016, 2015, 2014. They have a bunch of old stuff, old accomplishments that don't matter anymore. See, the sun is set on the Packers' domination over the NFC North. And as I'm driving home from spring break, I'm listening to people like Colin Cowherd, Dan Patrick, all these guys explaining why they have no sympathy for Aaron Rodgers. Now, Colin Cowherd took a different approach. He talked about, he compared him to Tom Brady. Look, I don't have any sympathy for Aaron Rodgers either, but my reason is very different. See, recently the Packers cut Aaron Rodgers' favorite receiver, Jordy Nelson, and they signed Jimmy Graham, who I watched for years in Seattle and I'm completely unimpressed with. And people are saying they feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. People are saying Aaron Rodgers never has a fantastic team. I feel bad. I feel bad that he's wasting all of his talent. I don't. I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers one bit. Nope. I live in a dorm. And people always ask me, Man, I feel so bad. People say this to me. They say, man, I feel so bad. You live in a dorm. And I ask, why do you feel bad? I chose to live in a dorm. It was my decision. I wanted to be here. I chose my living situation. I did that. That was my choice. And Aaron Rodgers chose 
his situation. In 2013, Aaron Rodgers signed a five-year extension with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers chose his situation. Don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. If you're going to make decisions in this world, you better be able to live with them. Aaron Rodgers chose the Packers. So when people are mad because Aaron Rodgers was not consulted when the Packers fired his quarterback coach. People were angry for Aaron Rodgers when the Packers cut his favorite receiver. And when year in and year out, Aaron Rodgers plays on bad rosters, people get all angry for him. They're upset. I'm not. I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers chose the situation he's in. And he has to deal with it. Aaron Rodgers could have left. He could have at least explored the option to leave, and yet he didn't. We all, we all knew where the Green Bay was. There's no secrets about Green Bay. They're not a free agent destination. They're not a very aggressive franchise. Everybody knows what the Packers are. They're conservative. They're not going to land a bunch of free agents. Yet, Aaron Rodgers, when he was given the opportunity to look around... To see if there were better places, better spots he could go play. Aaron Rodgers didn't want to do that. That was a decision Aaron Rodgers made. So I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers one bit. Aaron Rodgers made his own bed. He decided to be in Green Bay. And if he can't live with that, that's his problem. That's not my problem. I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to take another short break. When I return, I'm going to talk about March Madness. And I've got a new segment for you guys. I've got a new segment I have never done before. I'm excited. It'll be fun. Man, I hit a stride. Feeling good. I need, you know, I needed a, like about a segment to warm up coming back from break. Woo! I'm excited. I feel really good. I, I could do this all day, all night. I love doing this podcast. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast as much as I do, help me out. Tell your friends about the show. Help me grow. Listen to that rhyme. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. Last year, something happened that took over everything. It's all my friends talked about. It's all the media was talking about for about two weeks. It dominated everybody's attention. Of course, I'm talking about Pokemon Go. I just never got into it. I couldn't do it. I get why people loved it, but I just was never roped in. And right now, the exact same thing is happening with March Madness. I just can't get myself to care. I mean, there are great stories. UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, they beat Virginia, a 16 beat a 1. Buffalo beat Arizona. The stories are out there. There's Cinderella stories. There's upsets. But I, I just I have no interest. I can't get myself into it. I, I promise to you guys, I always will be authentic and honest. I'll always be real. I will never lie. I'll never be fake. I'm always going to be exactly who I am. I just honestly don't care that much about March Madness. I'm trying. I am trying. I'm doing everything I can, but I just, I can't get into it. I just, I can't. 
I think it would be a disservice. I'd be doing a disservice to you guys if I pretended I cared right now about March Madness. I just don't. I'm going to try. I will try. We're coming up very soon on, you know, because I wish. Looking back at Pokemon Go, I wish I'd I'd tried harder to get into it because I know I missed out on something like a big, huge cultural phenomenon. And right now, all my friends are talking about it. The whole media is obsessed with March Madness. I want in on it. But I, I just, I don't care. So the Sweet 16 is coming up. I'm going to do everything in my power to get in the loop. I'm going to talk with my friends. I'm going to I'm going to try everything I can to get myself engaged in it and really try to care. But currently, man, I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less about college basketball. I'm really not. I mean, I'm hearing names like, I mean, I'm hearing, I've literally heard the sentence today. I heard this sentence. I heard someone say, have you heard of, I forget the school's name. It was like, it was like, have you heard of Western South Dakota state of Pennsylvania, California, directional, whatever. I was like, man, like what? No, I've never heard of them. And I don't care about them. Why would I care about that school at all? I just don't. What's the appeal? Every year there's another Cinderella. I just, I don't know. I find the Cavaliers, I find the Warriors, I find LeBron James. I find professional basketball far more captivating. I just can't. Like, I'm so excited. We're almost, I think we're 14 games away from NBA playoffs. Woo! I'm giddy with excitement, but I just can't get myself into March Madness. I'm going to try. Later this week, the Sweet 16 will happen. We have, I think it's the 25th, 26th. We're coming up very soon on March Madness. But right now, I just hate to say, like, I'm not, I'm not interested. But I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try to get into it. All right. Are you guys ready for a new segment? I worked really hard on this name. This name is a, oh, man, the name of this segment was so hard yeah, no, it wasn't. You can already hear the sarcasm. Uh, it's time for something I like and something I do not like. Real original, I know. But I want to start with the bad news first. Because growing up, my dad would always ask me, what do you want first, the good news or the bad news? And I would always go with the bad news because I was hoping the bad news wouldn't be the worst thing ever. And even if the bad news was awful, I would always hope the good news could lift me back up. Here first is what I do not like. I do not like the people attacking the Arizona Cardinals for signing Sam Bradford. I don't like those people. The Arizona Cardinals signed Sam Bradford to a one-year deal worth $20 million. And people are just going after. They're tweeting, how could they? Sam Bradford is so overrated. Uh, the stat I saw was Sam Bradford has earned 129 million dollars over the span of his quote underwhelming career that's what everyone says underwhelming uh you realize sam bradford plays one of the few positions in the world not many people can do there's a lot of demand people like sam bradford are in high demand and low supply and to those of you mad to all of you mad at the arizona cardinals for signing sam bradford what were the arizona cardinals supposed to do this was their last resort. They had nothing else. The Cardinals had nothing. They were screwed. I like Sam Bradford. If you can keep Sam Bradford healthy, which you probably can't, but if you can, man, Sam Bradford's really good. Did you see the way Sam Bradford played for the Vikings last time he played? He was fantastic. If you can keep Sam Bradford healthy, he's a great quarterback. 
And the Cardinals had to do this. So again, for those of you mad at the Cardinals, what were they supposed to do? I don't like people who are mad at the Cardinals for signing Sam Bradford. Now, pay attention. No, no, no lie. Pay very close attention to the Cardinals' backup quarterback. He may play a lot. Let's be honest. The backup quarterback for the Cardinals is probably going to see the field. But, man, if you can keep Sam Bradford healthy, he's a great quarterback. He's absolutely a franchise quarterback if he's healthy. So, again, to those of you criticizing the Cardinals, I don't like that. Now, on to something I like. Now, I realize I'm in the middle of the segment Was that something I didn't like, or was that just I liked that the Cardinals signed Sam Bradford? I don't know. I may have already ruined my first segment, but whatever. Moving on. Something I do like is Colin Kaepernick, surprisingly. Colin Kaepernick just put two videos on his Instagram. One of him working out, and one of him throwing. One's lifting weights, one is him throwing a football. Finally, finally, for goodness sake, I've been waiting for these videos for the last Two years. Are you kidding me? Of course. We finally have evidence that Colin Kaepernick is throwing a ball and he wants to play football. I love this. I love this. I said months ago in the middle of last year's football season, I asked, why wasn't Colin Kaepernick putting out videos and pictures of him throwing? Like with hashtag, hashtag training Hashtag ready. Now there's no excuse. Now no, no I'm not, not going to go there. But now nobody can make the argument that Colin Kaepernick doesn't seem interested in football. I've been waiting for this for months. I don't know why it took so long. But finally, Colin Kaepernick is showing the world he's interested in football. He's preparing for football and he wants to play football. That's all I've wanted from Colin Kaepernick for months and months I don't know why it took him until March 2018 to finally do this, but good. I like that. I'm happy. I'm glad Colin Kaepernick finally started putting out videos showing he's preparing and trying to play football again. And that was something I like and something I do not like. One last thing I want to talk about. So Tyran Matthew was just cut by the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, it stinks. He's a good player. He was not a great fit for the new head coach of the Cardinals. He was Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes was the former, former Panthers head co- uh, defensive coordinator, now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Tyran Matthew did not fit very well into his scheme, so they released him. I think he was expensive, and he wasn't a great fit. And now Tyran Matthew has signed a one-year deal worth $7 million with the Houston Texans. I love it. I love it. I love it. Here's what else I love. Tyran Matthew said money was not his biggest concern. Tyran Matthew said he wants to win football games. It's fantastic. What a great attitude and a good young man. Not only are the Texans legit, the Texans already had one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. Then they added Tyran Matthew. That's scary. That's a real story, a real big deal. The Texans are a scary force to be reckoned with in the AFC next season. Now, many people were saying that Tyran Matthew should sign with the Dallas Cowboys. Particularly one person I heard talk about last week. You know who it is if you do. I, I did not think Tyran Matthew would have been a good fit with the Arizona Cardinals. I hate to bring this up, 
Now that I'm, I'm, I'm about to talk about it, I do feel kind of guilty. Maybe we got past it, maybe we didn't. But remember, Tyran Matthew had an addiction issue in college. So therefore, there were three places. The minute I heard he was released, there were three places I wrote down, I do not want to see Tyran Matthew go to. I don't want to see Tyran Matthew in Miami with a history of addiction. I didn't want to see Tyran Matthew go to the Raiders. They're tied to Vegas. I don't like if you have an addiction issue. I used to volunteer at a drug and alcohol recovery care center. Vegas, not a great place to send those guys. And the Cowboys was another place I did not want to see Tyron Matthew. I think people who have struggled with issues like that, with addiction and with substance abuse, all that stuff, that's not where I want to see them play. I don't want to see a guy like that go to the Cowboys. The loose culture, the the loose owner, that kind of a mess. I don't know. I don't want to see a guy like that go to the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Texans is a great fit. I like Bill O'Brien. He fits well in their defense, and he's a star. My goodness, Tyron Matthew... I, I am a huge Tyron Matthew fan. There's like, there's a couple jerseys in the NFL I would get. I would get a, a Honey Badger Tyron Matthew jersey. I would get a Sam Darnold Browns jersey. I know he'll be there. And I would get a Baker Mayfield jersey because I, I, I really like Baker Mayfield. But then Tyron Matthew, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. He's incredibly talented. And again, he wasn't a great fit in Arizona. So if you're mad that the Cardinals released him, he wasn't a great fit in their scheme. Tyron Matthew fits very nicely with the Houston Texans. It's a huge get for the Texans. He's a star. He's going to be a big deal. And it's going to be a nice fit. The Texans are a force to be reckoned with. And they got even scarier when they added the Honey Badger to their roster. That's my show. That's all I have for today. Thank you so very much for listening. Uh, I may be back Monday. I'm either going to record tomorrow, which is Monday night, or another podcast on Wednesday. I'm not sure which when I'm going to come back again because this is such... This podcast is very late on Sunday. It's so far behind schedule. The real deciding factor, whether I do a podcast tomorrow or Wednesday, will be how big the news is for Monday. If Monday's news is like, if like I don't know, Tom Brady retires and all this stuff happens, of course, I'm going to do one tomorrow and get it out. But if there's not a lot of big news, I'll probably just sit on it and do one on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited. It's good to be back. I'm still incredibly sick. I don't know why. I hate it. I can't hear myself talk. Like legitimately, I hear it's like I'm underwater. It's really frustrating. But man, I'm excited. I appreciate you guys. We reached over 700 subscribers on YouTube. That's unbelievable. Didn't even post a video for a week and we still jumped in subscribers. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for the birthday wishes. I got some of them from you guys. It's fantastic. I'm excited. I appreciate you guys. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast as much as I do, help me grow Strong Opinion Sports by telling your friends about this show. Show and grow rhyme. I love it. Thank you so so much for listening. I appreciate you guys. Hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. I will talk to you guys very soon. Bum bum. Bam, we're done.